right, so this is the 100th episode of the Homeroom with Food podcast. How are y'all doing today? Excited. Excellent. Yeah. Get it going. That's great. That's great. That's great. Um, so quick story. I want to I want to share with you guys a quick story from when I was at the DMV real quick to get us started. So I was at the DMV, right? All right. So this is a while ago. This is a while ago, but it just re-popped up in my head because I was going through some old content and I watched the video and I was like, yo, this this story is hilarious. So I'm in the DMV. I'm sitting there minding my business, waiting on my number to be called. And this guy is talking about how he couldn't get no sleep. He's like, man, I, be, I couldn't get no sleep, man. I've been having nightmares. And uh, I'm like, I'm like, nightmares? He's like, yeah, man, I had eight in a row. And I'm like, eight nightmares in a row? And the other dude was like, man, what happened to you in the nightmare? He's like, I died in every single last one of them. I said, no. oh, bruh. <laughs> you need to. <laughs> No, it's funny you say that because anytime I have a dream I can actually remember or like it that's what's happening I'm dying or like somebody is dying in front of me but so like oh I, it's funny because I had a nightmare last night too and I woke up and I had sleep paralysis and my dog was having a nightmare too like I'm not being dramatic this happened last night <laughs> The love <laughs> sleep, sleep paralysis is a bitch, man. I haven't had it in a while, but like that shit is horrifying. Oh God, I can never. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, <laughs> y'all, y'all better than me. I had like a handful of nightmares. The only, the only one that's notable, that's recent, is before I went to Miami. I had a dream. I was down in South Beach, coming out of a steakhouse that I wanted to go to, and for some reason. I got into it with a cartel and ended up getting shot. Uh, and after that point, I just I didn't go to the steakhouse. Like they wanted to go when we went to Miami, they wanted to go down to South Beach. I did everything I could to avoid it because I had a bad anxiety. I thought I was gonna die. Like I legit, it was too soon. It was too soon. It was like three days before I went. I was like, too soon, too soon. I'm not going. Oh no, that's funny. That is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I want to introduce uh, the new people that we have on today. So right now, today, we have on um, Mariah. So Mariah, introduce yourself, you know. <laughs> um, I am Mariah. Um, I'm in San Antonio, Texas. And that's pretty much it. All right. So we got my we got my man Larry. What's going on, my guy? Larry. Glad to be here finally. Uh I'm located in Glendale, Arizona, but I'm originally from ironically Maryland. So when Will said D M V and I was like, listen, listen to the full details because I don't think he means DC Maryland so I'm glad to be here, man. <laughs> I live in Maryland. Hey. Ooh. What part? Up Marlboro. Oh, my elementary. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. Okay. All right, all right. And then I also have our special guest of the evening, uh, Dr. D.L. How you doing today, sir? Good evening, good evening. Thank you for having me. I'm originally from uh, Memphis, Tennessee. I'm currently living in Norfolk, Virginia, 
where I'm a professor of African-American history and uh, African-American studies. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's great. Nice, nice. All right. So, that's it. Uh, oh, well, you didn't want to I, I was going to ask another question, but never mind. Never mind. Never mind. You, you probably omitted it for reasons. So, anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, so, the question of today is, is the American family salvageable? Okay. So, first of all, I, I have to ask the question. What is the what is the ideal American family mean to you? Like, what is the American family for you? So we'll just go round robin. So Lee, start us off, and then we'll just go around just like we just did. So from what I remember from like high school textbooks, like history textbooks, the nuclear family being a father, mother, or son and daughter, a family of four, or and uh, like. Like I think I think that that's the biggest picture for most people, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm not sure. That's a, that's how I remember it anyway. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I hear American Family, I think uh, two parents, two kids, maybe a dog, uh, the white picket fence with the two-story home and the four-bedroom mm-hmm. bath with the perfect cut lawn. And you're and you're cool mm-hmm. with your neighbors. That's what I think of. Cul-de-sac. Yeah, and the cul-de-sac, <laughs> and the two cars, and the two-car garage. <laughs> oh. Yeah, when I think of the American family, like the um, the picture that comes to my mind is like the Huxtables, the well-established mm-hmm. uh, parents and the the poised children. That's what I think of. All right, Frankie. Think of the, about the family that works. Honestly, I I don't have a preconceived notion of what people try to make us um, strive for or what it's supposed to be. Honestly, I just think of the the family that works because um, I guess being all over um, different parts of different parts of the country, the American family is different for each person because each area is different. Okay, that's okay. true. Larry, what's good, man? Hey, hey. So uh, my idea is like the. American family is always like pretty much all kind of just the nail in the head. Nuclear family because I'm always thinking like a two parent household. It could be mother and father majority of the time, child maybe one or two, and a dog. I definitely thought of a fence too, but it's kind of hard because I grew up in a single parent household. So I definitely, my ideals definitely changed with the quickness because I knew a lot of single parent households that definitely had either one or two or more kids. But that somehow they still made it work. I had a friend. I had a friend. Her friend to this day, she had seven siblings, including herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just all mom holding it down, bro. And all of them are like, wow. Like, yeah. So you used to be in a nuclear oh. household, but uh, clearly the heart goes out to her. Hey, mm-hmm. That's different. She gave birth seven times. All of them. That's that's more than once. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Dr. DL, what about you? Uh, when I think about the American family, especially by throwing American in front of it, it makes me think about white people. And so uh, that the ideal of the American family is something for white people, by white people. 
to maintain this idea of, uh, like the other guests talked about, uh, this ideal of a nuclear family. But when I think about it from my own perspective, it's going to be extended. It's going to be non-traditional. It's going to have a lot of uh, women or femininity in it as leaders and ability to do a whole bunch of other things. But when we, when you throw American in front of it, of course that means white, right? And so uh, that traditional uh, European understanding of what it means to be, you know, in a family, and so that means cutting off the extended family. So that's what I think of. Okay. Heather? Okay. Um, I'm going to have to echo the sentiments of Dr. DL. Um, I agree. I feel like um, when I hear American family, um, especially when it comes to the nuclear family, the first thing that comes to mind is gender roles and the traditional um, history of what families have been and like the American dream. Um, mm -hmm. which is what you go right after your career, you settling with somebody and um, getting married and having children and then just having this perfect cookie cutter household. That's what I think of when I think of um, and the American family. Um, I cannot wait to demolish what this, uh, <laughs> what the traditional uh, viewpoint of the American family is because I don't agree with that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, okay. For me, when I think of when I think of the American family, like I think of uh, obviously what what Lee and Shar said, the the typical like the nuclear family, like the 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 man, the woman, the uh the two kids, maybe a third, like they say it's two and a half kids. I don't know where you get a half a kid from, but all right. <laughs> And then a dog. One in the way. Complications. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, fir the first one don't make it all the time. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, that's like a fucked up uh, medical joke. I was going to say, half I, in, I, half I, out. I, yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, um, I definitely, that's, that's definitely what I think of. I think of the typical family, but I do see um, it changing like, Oh, like the landscape has truly changed. So that's why I asked the question, like, is it salvageable? Like, is that ideal family ever going to make a comeback or is it ever coming back? It uh, never, it never was the primary thing. It, it was, it's an ideal that someone put out there to try to market selling houses in the cul-de-sacs. I mean, because if you go to the farmland yeah. of, of America, that was never mm -hmm. it. If you go to places like, like New York, that was never it. I mean, that's, it, that's what it is because if you go to new york you have to go to freaking um to long island to get anywhere similar to that in la you have to go out to the freaking valencia um and it's and i think but if you go every, a lot of other places that, that it was that's never what it was but mm -hmm. i think it was just pretty much saying hey it's america we have space come buy a house over here you know or, or, or it's just so we can make money agree so, i think that i'm oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. okay. No, no, go to Mariah. Go Mariah first. <laughs> um, I, I I think that we did have the, the family dynamic. I think we did have the traditional household. I want to say it was like in the 50s and 60s before they um started to enforce um um what I can't get my words out today because I'm gonna finish my sentence. Um the housing. So like I I we did have it at one point. It's just you know it was dismantled systematically. Yeah. Well, I think it was, it was there in certain places, 
because the thing is not everybody's in a city where you can get a house like that. And there's a lot of people who, who worked in agriculture and that wasn't the household. Okay. So, so, okay. Um, Char, I'm gonna let you go real quick and then, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna chime in. Go ahead, Char. I was going to say, I don't think that I can answer this question in general for everyone, but for me personally, as someone who does not, I, I grew up traditional, but I'm not a traditional person. So for, as for me and my tradition, yes, I am going to change that. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, tradition. definition. <laughs> definition. Okay. And I do think that in, in society as a whole, I do see it changing just because we're all moving away from traditional stuff and, and defining things for ourselves. Right. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so I, I would say like, what was my thought? Jesus Christ. Okay, so so I would say I would say with that family, like so, Mar so you said the the, the dismantling, right? So in yes. of like how we were together, whether we were in a home or like a actual home, or we were in an apartment or whatever our living situation was, there was there was the man, the woman, and then they were and they, the were, they were together, but they were together more so out of I feel like they were together more so out of duty than love. You know what I'm saying? Obligation. It was more so an obligation. Like they were doing it to make sure that they got ahead because that was survival. That was the only way. Mm -hmm. You know, and as society mm -hmm. changed and you had things like uh like the welfare system and different things like that that came through with government intervention, our family structure changed from that because we no longer needed each other to survive. That's how right. I feel. We were led to believe that we didn't need each other to survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think World War II changed that. Yeah, I think yeah. um, changed it. I I think like another another part of it too is just like the idea coming from the fifties and whatnot, and like a lot of relationships that were in that kind of world, world and time, I'm like divorce was not as like prominent as it is now. Oh, because like back then you kind of just dealt with with things, you know. Your spouse went out drinking, came back, back another argument, and y'all went to sleep. Like in back then, couples didn't even sleep in the same bed. They're right, right. So I'm not, well, I'm not, not, I'm not trying not to romanticize it. I'm not trying to romanticize it because that that is true. Um, relationships back then yeah. they were. You, women specifically had to rely on their men because they couldn't work. They didn't have the financial means to live on their own. So I'm not romanticizing it. I'm just simply saying that I no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and by by no means uh, like, because like I like the way I grew up, my, my parents divorced. My dad was a, a single parent. Like, traditionally speaking, the, the, the woman actually gets the child most of the time too. Mm -hmm. Ooh, and my dad ended up with us. Uh, so I had like a pretty different experience. Now I will say this because I've had this conversation before on like the topic of whether or not a, um, a family household needs both parents, you know, a, a guidance of different perspectives. And like part of me agrees but another part of it, I kind of look at it and I'm just like, I, I grew up with just my dad, Ed, and I do notice, you know, certain certain things that I'm definitely not okay with or that I grew up up at 
and I'm going to, and I'm just like personality wise, I've definitely developed that other people probably didn't like, I'm not a very touchy person. And I think that's because like, I didn't really have a feminine, like kind of like spotlight in my life, uh, for lack of a better word. Um, I didn't have a mother figure to be like giving me hugs and kisses and whatnot. Uh, like my dad was very standoffish ish. Now that's, that's like a whole nother topic, but that's, that's part of like the traditional family, you know, a mother and a father, you know, somebody, somebody who's strict and prideful and loving and caring. Yeah. yeah. Let me piggyback off of quite a few things you said. So you were saying that back in the fifties, they kind of had to stay together and there was a lot of drinking going on. Let's not forget there was a lot of cheating going on too. There was a lot of that side chicks, but they didn't call it side chicks back then. So the woman, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the woman just had to stay, like you said, because they couldn't get Blue jobs. They had to be silent about it, because where else were they going to go? Uh, fast forwarding yep. what you just said about not thinking that you there necessarily needs to be two parents. I personally think there, that you do need a two-parent household, especially, well, as an African-American. There are too many... Mm -hmm. um, African-American households that are raised in single parent households. And as uh, black men, the system was set up so that we could have single parent households. So mm -hmm. that's yeah. all. Mm -hmm. and, and it's interesting um, because dating now, because obviously I, I, I want to have the traditional household. Well, not necessarily traditional. I actually want to be in a polyamorous relationship. But that's for another discussion. But, <laughs> um, but um, with, when, in dating, because I'm single, um, because I feel like a lot of um, a lot of us are raised in single parents households, primarily with women. I find that some men have a lot of feminine mannerisms. Yeah, yeah, And at this point, it's like, okay. what what do I do with this? Like, because you know, you don't want to you don't want to make them feel like um, they're not accepted. At the same time, there's like a certain level of like bravado and confidence that you want from your man because you want them to lead you. But it's like, how can I follow you if we're gossiping? Like, how can I trust? Why are you in on the tea? Like, <laughs> <laughs> hold up! Why are you? Hang on! You're supposed to be right. telling oh me why. Right. Hang so on. It's just like, he came in with the <laughs> Right. Fill me up. Like, okay. Yeah. It's. it's Yes, it's a struggle. <laughs> okay, so oh, I would go ahead, Doctor. Yeah, I seen I seen you on mute. So go ahead, man. Well, uh, a couple of things that are historically inaccurate of, of what you all are speaking to, and so uh, one, when we look at divorce rates back in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, you got to remember. Well, not to say you remember, but you must know that the United States made it very hard for women to divorce, right? Uh, as a legal means, right? Divorce and having access to that. And so when, when you all were speaking earlier about um, children, so from the 19th century through most of the 20th century, if a woman was divorced by a man, the man got the child, right? It's only, the pendulum only swung since the 1970s towards mm -hmm. women getting the child, right? Not only that, when, especially, because we're talking about white people, not African-Americans, because African-Americans always, Women, African-American women always went out the house to work, right? Because of the racism that they're under. And so African-Americans did never experience this ideal of suburbia. In fact, redlining made sure African-Americans were not in suburbia. And so mm. that ideology surrounding 
uh, the quote unquote nuclear family and, and these family ties and values uh, were based and predicated upon the idea that blackness was automatically broken to then put white people, no matter what their class situation was, into a position to try to mimic an uh, idea that was problematic. Even during enslavement, you have poor white people trying to buy an, an enslaved African for status, right? And so all of a sudden, and so when, when you get into the 20th century uh, and television and automation and all these kind of things, it was unrealistic for most class of white people, but because of the ideas of whiteness and them, and them buying into it. And so that, you know, I think that was um, circulating this, not only is this romanticized, but this televised. You know, when we were, when you all were having this conversation about the parents sleeping in separate beds, well, that's the Flintstones, right? That are all these white TV shows you grew up with, that it had nothing to do with the reality of uh, how people were, you know, actually sleeping in the house, but, uh, but, it, but, and, and marriage is going to be, especially this traditional family idea is going to be one of those ways to try to control women's sexuality. Right. And so if you was a married woman and you had sex outside of the missionary position, you were a freak. Right. Right. Because once again, we're still talking about within white mm. families. Right. And so when you, you all were just speaking to gender, so bringing it up to the day, gender is a social construct that does not exist in reality, right? And so because gender is this social construct that does not exist in reality, the idea that characteristics or traits are within inside of a gendered body as this innate thing is, you know, highly problematic. Uh, and so the idea that I could be feminine based on some kind of trait because let me go ahead and say I was raised by a single black mother who was a dictator I, so I learned to be a dictator not because I'm a man but because my mother taught me and if you are in a grown-up relationship do you want a dictator or do you want a partner and so when mm. we especially as a, a black southerner to mm. date a and, I, you know, I come from the deep south uh, and blackness and Christian uh, belief systems allows for a lot of sexism when we think about the head of household and in our interpretations of the Bible, because men are the ones who are interpreting the Bible. Of course, they're going to tell the stories that then promote them being in power. Right. And maintaining yeah. sexism and patriarchy. Right. And so when they tell these stories, this idea that I'm the head, if I'm the head, she's the goddamn tail. And what do we call the tail and ass? And so who wants to sign up for the, to being the ass? But women then would then say, I'm going to be the neck. No, the hell you ain't. Because you know what? I could turn my head without ever using my neck. I can use my whole goddamn shoulder to look to my left and to my right. So I don't need my goddamn neck, right? There's a whole bunch of people. So we, we take on these <laughs> ideas of gender, right, that are highly problematic because when we then say what it means to be masculine, and we don't want all that masculinity. Because part of my training, as a, especially as a black man, uh, and so Mariah is the first African-American woman I know who wants to be in a polyamorous relationship, whether we, we understand what that means in the first place, but she's the first one who um, actually said it. Where well, all of my married friends are in polyamorous relationship, their wives just don't know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I have something to say. Uh, I'm because sorry. That's what it means to be a man. Right. That's what it means to be a black man. And because one of my friends told me this, 
when he was in, when we were like in junior high, because we grew up together. So when we were like in junior high, we was at the barbershop and this older gentleman asked him uh, about his girlfriend. He didn't have one. And so he then, you know, trying to prove to the people at the barbershop, he was like, I got two. And, and, the, uh, and, the, and the older man said, no, son, you only got one girlfriend and the other one needs to understand her goddamn role. And so he took that as a lesson in how to go about being an adult black male so he got a wife and everybody else got to understand that goddamn role right and so i leave it right there because gender is highly problematic because if you want to take me as a leader you also want to take me as uh a womanizer you want to take me as belligerent you want to take me as all these other socially constructed ideas about when it comes to be what it means to be a man it can't be good you can't take it in one without taking it in the other Mm. I think so, I had a question. I feel like um, so we were talking about being gender being problematic, but the understanding of masculine and feminine masculinity and femininity is an energy that we all possess mm. equally. It's like um, it's like yin and yang. Like it exists is exists within us, and it's a part. Sorry, the way it's projected and exhibited through us is based off of like the division in our brain, and mm. it yeah. So let me make sure I remember this because I'm tired, y'all. But um, you you can so like masculine energy it comes from um, it comes from the left brain hemisphere. That's where you have a lot of methodical methodical thinking, structure, um, building, right? And you can tell that based off of your right hand, right? This is what you write with. This is what you what you build with, right? But feminine energy comes from um, your right brain hemisphere. That's where you experience a lot of all your emotions. That's where you have um, your gathering. That's where you nurture. That's where women mainly um, exhibit or have, I can't speak, sorry. That's where women operate from. Um, that is why that section of our brain is larger than men because that's where we mainly you know exist um but again we both exhibit it it's within us um evenly so i'm a woman and i have to operate in my masculine energy because i'm in the military so i have to give order i have to get structured it's a part of my everyday life um at work but when i come home and i'm with my guy i want to be everything but i want to be feminine i to serve i want to cook i want to clean i want to make sure you're good like i want to be mm -hmm. submissive and and it's because of this this is probably me me probably having a dominant kink i don't know but this is what i want and i would think that you know the guy that i'm that i'm dealing with would want to too to to be masculine feel strong to feel um like you know he's taking care of whatever needs that i have um, but I don't see myself being able to submit and wanting to open myself up to someone that isn't um, that doesn't come off as strong. That makes sense. I mean, like you're, you're attracted to what you're attracted to, and like we we got to remember that like no matter how many statistics uh, or how much history we have have like individuality isn't everybody. And everything can be so, so different, like right down to the genetic code. Because whether you have both parents or not, uh, there could be something that neither of them had. And like, we can go scientific with it. Like, it, there's, it's just like, we, we got to remember, like, it's all a matter of uh, perspective. You know, mm -hmm. you know, what she enjoys, somebody might not. And like, like you right. just gotta look for that uh, like other piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm gonna okay. say that is more of your kink 
than it is your gender, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, <laughs> right? Exactly. I think this because uh, part of what you just explained innately makes uh, certain characteristics masculine versus feminine, right? If you're a mm -hmm. left-handed person, are you operating in the same ideology that you just talked about, right? So if I, if yes. I was born with a left hand, it, it, right, that I'm left-handed, right? That that ideology that now all of a sudden this is supposed to be the methodical um, side, mm -hmm. but I'm left-handed, and um, so it has coming nothing from, to do with it no. because so, it's, it's a motor skill. Based on her explanation, no, right? but that was, that was the explanation that that no, that so if, if you're <laughs> left if you're left-handed, that means you're working from a right brain hemisphere. Usually, people that are left-handed usually are um, artists, right? They play the well. These are just examples. They play the piano. Um, a lot of artists that draw are left-handed, and that's again the side of the hemisphere of your brain, the right side, is where you experience creativity. I'm gonna um, go yeah, wait, back on that he, one. Hold on, Charles. Yeah. There's actually a, there's a lot of artists that are actually right-handed, and there's actually more artists that are right-handed than left-handed. And I know this because I'm left-handed myself, so I look up a lot mm -hmm. of stuff about about mm -hmm. being lefty to learn it like that too. Mm -hmm. And that well, one, it's not to say that everyone is going to no, be no, 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 I'm not like I was saying no, earlier. Saying that's a preconceived <laughs> notion that that has been disproven. Because, yeah, yeah. Okay. So because, yes, there's nothing's ever going to be down to the science completely. But I think what yeah, Dr. that's what I was saying, saying earlier. Is that your breakdown right. saying that if you have, if you are left-handed, you're operating from the right brain and you have feminine energy is what you were explaining earlier. She's asking you to break that down further. Is, is so that correct? So, hey, Dr. Dia, did you hear Char? No, I, I thought she was talking to Mariah. So what, what was the question? I'm sorry. I'm saying so. Were you you were asking her to explain more because she said that the if you are left-handed, you're operating off of feminine energy. So you were that's what you were basing off of, what you said off of, correct? Right, right. Because the the so I do gender studies, right? And so uh, and so I didn't talk about that in my biology or well, biography. Uh, and so from a from a gender study standpoint, the the idea that we we have we're operating within this. This, uh, these characteristics, and that the, once again we're turning these characteristics into these these bi biological facts, and and so by doing this, we're then saying innately leadership is a masculine energy, mm -hmm. right? And that nurturing is a feminine mm -hmm. energy, right? And, and so that is going right back to the patriarchal system that we're a part of that then ascribes gender. And, and say that like that women are over emotional, right? That you know, because Hillary Clinton hadn't had a menstrual cycle in God knows when, but when she ran for presidency, that's one of the first things that, that was out their mouth. That like when she go on a cycle, she's gonna go crazy and blow up the world. Like the hell's wrong with you? She's been in yeah. menopause for that, God that knows was, when. That was wild. And Right. I remember that. That's irritating. But right but like I, what I was saying was femininity and masculinity aren't gender specific. It's an energy. It's an energy. So it can exist within us all equally, like yin yeah. and yin and yang. So it yeah. doesn't. You don't have to necessarily but, assign it a, a a gender. But if but I, I know that I operate in a masculine and I don't want to be that way all the time, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to get I, the man that has I, more feminine I understand how you're saying, like, it's, it's supposed to be not gender, by, but, but by saying masculine and feminine, you're defining it to a gender. 
and and I think so yeah, that, but feminine and because masculine. Because I, I am a gender, like I am a woman, I, I, I and did, I date no, predominantly men. Or no, no, women, I'm but, saying I I I agree. I I see what you're saying, <laughs> but I'm saying the way you're explaining it because you're saying I don't want it to be something, but you're you're inherently putting it to something. So, that's but, like, but I do have to explain it in gender because this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think this goes back to there was a point that Dr. Dale said earlier that we had we assigned genders to things. I don't think fe feminine and masculine ever yeah. was gender specific. Well, if you go based off the off the the root of the word, it is though. And and maybe that's yeah. something that needs to be redefined. But I'm saying and, and I'm saying I definitely see what Mariah is saying. I'm just, I see where the disconnect is. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I was going to bring that she, up, too. What she's also explaining is there's nothing wrong with ha a, a well-balanced person has one of each. So I, I, no, I right. studied that. Yeah, no, that's feminine. what I'm saying. I see what she's saying. No, and, and I no I'm, not, I'm, not, this, yeah. I'm not. This is not towards you. I'm just making yeah. this statement on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. I studied, yeah, it doesn't I have to be negative. Right. I study yeah. feminine and masculine energy also. And yeah. doing my own personal work, I discovered I have a lot of masculine energy too. If I have too much masculine energy and I want to uh, attract a masculine mate, I have to work on that part of me to have more feminine energy. That's just what it right. is. Right. Facts, facts. Okay. So with that being said, um, does anybody have anything else they want to add to that? Anybody? Um, that I actually want to say something about this. Okay, like, go I ahead. Really like, I really like the fact that you, know, you guys put it to perspective about masculine and feminine energy because the older and older I get, I realize how vital those roles are, especially when it comes to social development. Like, if you're raising a child or something like that, you know, you kind of need a little bit of both. Definitely when it comes to the male and female in the household because I'm married for 10 years and I understand that. I grew up in, mm -hmm. I grew up in my stepfather was super hyper-masculine. Like anything that was other than you showing feelings, you better suck it up, keep it pushing, you better not cry because you go because you're a man. I think that's, that's the house, house where I raised everything. My mother was more gentle, get in touch with your feelings, and I didn't realize like it's about that, it's that balance of masculine and feminine energy. Now granted, when I mess up in school, I'm not going to lie. Mom turned up that masculine energy with the quickness. Like, hey, yo, what the f*** you doing in here? I'm like, okay, I didn't know you do that. So <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it's a definite, delicate balance when it comes down to that. So excuse me, my headphones keep popping up in and out of my ears. But um, definitely it's very important when it comes down to that because you got to learn, like, sometimes it's good to let your guard down and let some type, some type of help in or, hey, maybe the message is given to me is supposed to help me not attack and hinder me. Versus, you know, I definitely understand, Mariah, where you're coming from, where you want to let your guard down, and you do, it almost seems like something can happen that could be considered as a failure, like, damn it, I let down my defenses, or I let down, like, ah, why, did it, why did I even let this guy even get this part of me, so now I got to build my walls back up, get more strong, get more assertive, and, you know, now I got to go to the point where I don't need no damn body, I do this shit myself, mm -hmm. which... Very, very cool. A definite, uh, I want to say, a tango to balance it for sure. So I like that. Yeah, well, even I was just having that conversation the other day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I noticed like when I operate mainly like my masculine energy, I experience like a lot of anxiety.
Anxiety, um, aggression, and like I hate that I'm using like such negative words, but but I noticed that I experienced like that. But when I'm like operating my femininity, I'm in the house, I'm cooking, I'm just like flowing through life. Everything is coming, everything is flowing through me with ease. I feel um, less stress. I feel happy, and it's just na- natural for me to want to be more feminine. Um, but it's not, so I was um, reading, I don't know if y'all read this book, it's called The Way of the Superior Man. And one of the things that it was saying that like a woman's emotion is supposed to flow kind of like the sea. And um, a man is supposed to be like that stability. They're supposed to be like anchored and give direction. Mm-hmm. So if I'm dealing so with the man, uh, and so I feel, I find that when I deal with men that have a little bit more feminine energy than what I would say that I need, um, they don't, they're not stable in the emotional realm. I have I have found myself having to direct the relationship, and that's not the relationship that I want. That's not how I want to live my life. You want what yeah. comes natural to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and for me, too much masculinity is it's too much for me, and it makes me angry. <laughs> So like if I'm, if I'm dating a man who who has too much masculinity, we just we're gonna argue all the time because then my masculinity is gonna come out and it's, it's, they're gonna bump heads. So mm-hmm. yeah, everybody everybody knows what they can can't handle. That's why it's good to know what femininity and masculinity is. But you got people like that's Kevin Stevens out here that's abusing the yeah. <laughs> you know, <go> down <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. That's like a whole another topic. And okay. 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 So with with that so um i think we're i think we're kind of into the second topic so i kind of want to ask you you were kind of there anyway we naturally progressed okay. so i'm just i'm just gonna ask the question anyway um so with so with the current like so well i want to offsuit the second question because we we got there on our own so like <laughs> with the with the current with the current state of like dating and like relationships wise right like what what do you guys see as like the ideal balance like to make to make things actually function and work because a lot of stuff just ain't working like in regards to what in regards to like relationship or like a family parental area i'm talking about like let's just start with just a relationship in general because the car ain't starting it's sitting in the driveway (laughs) there's a different conversation I mean, there the between parents right yeah, the, y'all are yeah i was waiting for the question for me um honestly so let me just in a world where um, on social media, everybody, I have like a, I don't want to say I have a vendetta, but I feel like sometimes I feel some type of way about people um, boosting their relationship advice on uh, Twitter and on Instagram and stuff because so many people um, follow what other people say on social media, but don't have their own like thoughts of what a healthy relationship looks like. It is so important for people to know what is a healthy relationship. Start there. First of all, are you healthy? Are you good to go mentally and emotionally? Are you available for someone else? Do you want to invest yourself into somebody else? Because that's what it is, an investment. You can't just hop in there and be like, yeah, let's Netflix and chill every day. I hate 
I hate being single these days because I can't tell you how many times I have to explain to a guy that a relationship is way more than just chilling and and having sex and, you know, going on dates and having a great time. Like, yeah, that's great. But when the shit hits the fan, like, you need to be there. I need to be able to talk to you about what's going on. So to answer your question, as far as balance is concerned, um, what that looks like for me after going through multiple trials and tribulations. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So I've been single for a hot minute, but I was married before. Um, But we just, me and my ex, we just did not know what a healthy relationship looked like. We thought we were just in love and we were just fighting for love and thinking that we were doing the right things, but not even knowing like what the end goal was supposed to look like. And you know, how was that, how are we gonna work towards that together? So as long as you have commitment, trust, and if both people are willing to compromise, um, every you know both people or all people, considering you know <laughs> what you want to do, um, if all people, if all people are intentional and they're clear about what they want and what they don't want, everybody abides by their um, each other's boundaries and are working towards the same goal. Which I don't know if people are you know if they want to date to marry or if they want to just date to just date, you know, for a certain amount of time, whatever. I think that that's the balance, but I think it's important that people identify what they really want and what they don't want and be intentional about that and have a healthy relationship. Like I just, I can't stress enough. I really think it's important for people to know what that is, but most people can't even explore what that looks like until they get out there and just start dating. So Mm -hmm. There is something that you said during that conversation that made me think of what I think needs to happen. I just think a lot of people need to heal, period. Like, there's a lot of damaged people walking around here and they're not like doing the self work to get to the root of why your relationship Mm -hmm. keeps failing, why you keep attracting a certain person, why it didn't work out for you. So instead, a lot of people are like after they're hurt, they either a don't want to date anymore, so just like I'm gonna be single forever, and they put the wall up, like Larry was talking about, or yeah. b like they go into the next relationship and they take all their damage with them and they put it all on the next person because they didn't deal with it and they expect yeah. you to be their person to, to heal no, them. Instead no self reflection. Like counselor, or maybe you just need to be single for a little bit while you heal, like or sometimes it's something deeper than that, like. Me, I've been single for a hot minute too, but while I've been single, I have certain things about me that I have, and it's not even like it could be there's certain triggers that I had that I didn't realize I had that would cause me to shut down and like give up on relationships. And I didn't realize I was doing it because it goes back to the way I was raised, the way my brother raised me, and then her traumas and her, her, her grandmother's grandmother's traumas. But I had to work on myself to realize that I had all of those issues to, to deal with it. And now I know that when I get in a relationship again, again, I'm actually ready and I'm going to be 100% in it because I'm actually healed, but people aren't taking the time to do that. Okay. Yes. Well, good on you for identifying that you needed to heal and then taking the time to love yourself and work on yourself so that you can get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm good now. Now I can pursue somebody else or now I can let somebody pursue me. Um, I agree with that. A lot of people don't understand. Like, I feel like some people don't know that they're having a trauma response when they're yes. in a relationship and they just, and I, I'm so glad you said that because 
in my my last relationship, I also noticed that I definitely had a lot of different trauma responses. And it wasn't until I did go to therapy and identified like the kind of conversations I was having that was triggering me to cause me to like just spaz the fuck out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I realized like, okay, um, you know, I come from a household where my father was abusive and, you know, I didn't realize I was carrying that weight you know, like things had, you know, gotten different from my parents and they were able to mend their relationship, mm-hmm. but I still carried that weight with me. And then it wasn't until I got into a serious relationship really deep where I was like, oh, wait, I'm still like not okay with what happened. And I spaz out as soon as the guy, you know, raises their voice. Like I can't even take that. So then I was like, mm, we might need to work on that because when you have certain mm-hmm. conversations and I'm just getting heated and blowing up, when we're not even like like halfway through the conversation yet and it's just yeah. like okay that's a little unhealthy so let's work on that people need to identify that but you you don't it's one of those things you may not know until you're in it and it's like well yeah <laughs> so. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i definitely comment uh i definitely see like when it comes to terms for the dating scene and social media twitter instagram i see the most relationship advice is a little Photograph with the quotes underneath about what's the most toxic people that have the most toxic quotes. I'm like, that's not even how to run. So uh, I definitely see like it's a matter of like, it's a balance of like they're scared to like lose all the power that they just gained. It's almost like a power issue, I almost see. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. they don't want to lose the independence. They might have to rely on somebody or man doesn't feel like he's too soft sometimes or nah nah I'm a real I'm a real nigga I'm like nah 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 it's not even really about that it's definitely it definitely comes down to compromise because I definitely had to learn about the one of the biggest issues when I first started getting married like in the first five to couple first year to a couple years down the line and I didn't know how to like ask for help or you know hey you know get a little more compromising like hey I will do this. Well, when it comes to terms of just listening to arguments, period, because I've heard of folks who would get just divorced just off the pure fact of they had a, an argument, like they didn't want to admit to be wrong, and they were like, I'd rather leave the relationship. I want to protect my peace. Are you protecting your peace, or are you actually listening? You're not listening to the subject at hand because you're mm-hmm. not listening to what's being said, or you're not listening to what the other person has to said, because the stuff that you think might be bitchy is the reason why, one of, that's one of the critical reasons why the relationship might fall. And I've been, I've definitely done that before, 100%. And I had to definitely correct that. And it's almost like a power issue. Like, I just got into a discussion with somebody the other day about them being in a relationship and it's very one-sided. I'm like, have you talked to the person? Are they willing to work on it? Or are they just pushing stuff to the side for another day? Because you can't always push the problems to the side like a bookmark. Like, mm, I'll come back to it. Well, you're really not. So, right. I mean, I right. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, it, 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 it's kind of wild that, you know, it's almost like a power issue or or even like, a, I don't even really consider like, would you consider that to be like a submissive issue or a compromise issue at that moment? That's the problem I'm trying to see. Right. So, Control so, is really true. what, yeah, yeah, that's very true. Control. Yeah. How do people want to be in mm-hmm. control? Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think I want to kind of jump on uh, Larry, uh, um, because like he he brings up like a big point like in the realm of like 
being a man or I, I guess I'll like I guess I'll individualize it, it you know as myself I've felt this is um like having some level of like emotional intelligence and connection into certain feelings and what it means to be frustrated upset disappointed you know anxiety like I personally deal with like a lot of anxiety like I'm I'm medicated for anxiety because I would get it so bad and and um and I like I, I go to therapy you know and I've also learned about uh, what like triggers me I have a big problem with authority and people trying to control me that seems to be an instant <laughs> trigger for me that, like, like anybody anybody like wants to like like could just get, uh, excuse me that anybody wants to really want to like talk talk down to me or like control any given situation or right. direct what I'm trying to do in life like I've had situations recently where I've explained my goals to somebody and they've shut me down and that like oh no this isn't gonna work um how what are you gonna do for money hey like why 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 can't we be lifting for each other and that was very frustrating now in saying that and learning from therapy and other people's perspectives, I've learned to step back from that feeling of, you know, like sensing his judgment, because I also got to think to myself, he probably didn't mean it that way. He was just asking for my backup plan. You know, things happen. What if shit hits the fan? What are you going to do? You know, in that regard, you know, I took a step back from that anger or to realize Oh, okay, you know, he doesn't really know me like that. He doesn't know my past and what I'm capable of, you know. I got, yeah, like, not everything is worth arguing about, no matter how right you are. Because mm -hmm. like Larry yeah. said, like, you got to protect your peace, you know. <laughs> like, I, so, like, I think men in general, well, uh, just need to go to, like, therapy more often because we, we just are not connected to those feelings and what they mean because there's nothing wrong with being angry or upset it's just how you deal with it and how you vocalize Absolutely. it yeah but, uh, that's all i wanted to say yeah <laughs> um well my relationship so i am single um i was married i've been divorced for two years and my my marriage ended due to infidelity but also communication issues on both ends um, and I have found that I am um, difficult to communicate with, um, depending on the person. Um, but I also found that I actually am able to express myself easier to women. Um, I feel safe. I feel safer having conversations with women. And I also noticed Agreed. that I have a couple kinks, y'all. Like, I'm into voyeurism. Like, <laughs> like I don't I even know what it is. Live. Okay. I really don't even know what it is. I'm just so, on my head. I was like, oh, okay. I'm so there's like several layers I'm of looking voyeur it up. voyeurism. I'll, I'll Google it later. I'll Google it later. Right. Well, I'll explain. So it's several layers of voyeurism. Like some people like to watch their partner engage in activity, um, you know, sexual oh, activity. Oh, like a cut. Other women, wow. For me, I like to see my man like flirt okay. with women or he could kiss a woman like it doesn't bother me I'm not I'm not um possessive I'm not yeah. jealous 
Um, it does not bother me. I would actually love to be in a polyamorous relationship. I want a girlfriend and a boyfriend. I want us to all be together and like have a family together and like have a and like Roughly. have our finances together right. and just yeah. I would I would like the best of both worlds. <laughs> you sound greedy. And since you know that, you know you can't date somebody who does not want the same thing as you. And that and it's good that you identify that you're going to that I think that's another problem of dating today. Nobody a lot of people aren't stating up front what their intentions are. So they just go into it and they assume that you're on the same page and then Three months into it, they're like, oh, wait a minute. So you mean you don't like polyamorous? Wait a minute. You don't want to stay home and take care of the kids? Look at this dude on the side the entire time. But it's funny because some people (laughs) believe that they're okay with it until they see. Like most guys would be like, oh, yeah, I would love for my girl to have a girlfriend until your girlfriend is more into the other girl than you, right? Then you get jealous. Like, why why you cuddle with her more than you cuddle with me? You're like, damn, I'm the same bitch. conversation about if monogamy can go into the 21st century. There are not enough heterosexual men on the planet for every woman that's heterosexual to have one. It's just not enough. Mm-hmm. If you take all of them out of jail, if you, women are outnumbering men. Then when we throw in qualities of attraction, uh, social status, and these other kind of things that go into the dating process, it's going to become even less for heterosexual women. And so when you all were talking about this idea of the side chick, especially within the African-American community, I've been labeled a quote unquote, good black man, right? And in this <laughs> quote of being a good black man, most like my money does not know it has value. Mm-hmm. I know I have value and I get to spend it as much as I want and never lose value. So I could, especially since I, I, I wasn't a womanizer when I was younger, that reputation now sticks with me. So even if I do, I do a woman dirty dog bad, right? <laughs> I would still have the label of being a good black man because of my CV, because of my reputation. And so we got to have a conversation because I would have a woman knowing I'm in a relationship that would then say, I'll be your Monday chick. I'd rather have you on Monday than have no man all week long. Right. Ooh. And so we got to have a conversation because if we make it into a competition, that ain't me. <laughs> right. But if we make it into a competition, then I'm not telling you that monogamy is not the right way. Right. I'm not saying everybody should be polyamorous. I'm saying we got to have the conversation out loud because that way everyone's on the same page. Because, like I said, what you don't know is women do approach men even when they know they're together. Yes, now that's true. Well, it does happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Married, together, yeah. you know, and, and even in inappropriate relationships, right? 
And so, mm -hmm. like, I have students that would like give it to me one time. That's all I want, right? And so, what? yeah, that's but that's all. Give it to me one time. And then we'll do this episode. Just, this is the shit, <laughs> right? And so, what are you doing, step professor? Well, once again, I, I got the quality of being a good, good black man with a level of maturity that that is not about you know anger and all this other kind of stuff that is not role model or seen. And especially in my in my packaging, and so uh, all of a sudden, I then become other people's ideal—not ideal, but ideal of what it means to be a man. And so we need to have out loud conversations. If monogamy is a thing, then we have to then tell some women that you're going to end up without one, right? Mm -hmm. And that that is fine. And that being fine, that that your life is then not defined by being a wife and, and being a mother in the sense of having a husband and all these other kind of things. But th as long as we have these ideas, there's always going to be a, 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 a line of women for any person that is going to be, any man that's going to be seen as a good man, period. And so we got to have the conversation if monogamy is useful in the 21st century. And then if we decide it is, then we got to make the rules for it, right? If we then decide that it's not then we need to work in, in that into that world but i don't have the answer on which way we should go i'm saying we should have the conversation to because it's being had it's just that especially for women y'all not being a part of the conversation so i was person, i was yeah, watching something and they were talking about um they were talking like men aren't being taught how to be monogamous like a lot of men when they're younger mm. are praised yeah that they're praised to 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 go out and be with multiple mm -hmm. women, right? So yeah. when it's time uh, for them to be married and be in monogamous, be in a monogamous relationship, they don't know how. But, and when they right. get with that one woman, because um, men are programmed or people in general are programmed off their memory, right? So I'm with my one, my one chick. If I'm gonna do, I'm with my one chick. I'm with my wife, and we're doing it. But I'm just like, dang, she don't ride me like how she would use to ride it, right? So then it's just like, but but you expect, That's you good. expect. Right, right. But you but you expect for your wife to be able to fulfill you, but you say she would have been able to fulfill you had what you did she not. To you? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to know. No. Yeah. <laughs> but say, but she would have fulfilled you had you not have been with so many women in your past. You know what I'm saying? So I personally that's another reason why I'm interested in being polyamorous. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, real quick. So I wanna add with that. So wait, so hold on, hold on. So with that, all right, so I feel that to a degree, but like that curiosity is always gonna be there. Like even if even if one even if yeah. one person was just with one person the this entire way, this time, <laughs> that that curiosity is going to literally kill that relationship. Like I've literally I've literally seen like, oh, all we've been with is each other, married each other out of high school, they didn't then they'd been together for like 20 years. And then all of a sudden, infidelity, and and um, and, the, and he and he, not that is justified. Not that is justified. Brother does it one time, and then it turns into like fifty real quick. Yeah, and but it, it's it, not. It, it, it is spiraled because because he had an unhealthy. He doesn't have a healthy. He never developed a healthy relationship with sex in general. Like all he knew. Mm. But it's but it's not. Well. It's once not he, the once curiosity. He got, once he got other, huh? No, but that's I, what I'm saying. I, it's not the curiosity; it's the comparison. Because at this point, you you are looking, you are searching for fulfillment. So again, Sheila, Sheila used to do this, right? 
And then mm-hmm. you yeah, had other right. women, you had other women that, so now at this point, you're searching for you fulfillment that she used to get from multiple women. And now you expect it for this one woman to fulfill you in all these areas. I'm sorry. But, what do you have to say? But, but, hold on. I'm, I'm going to forget it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, I didn't say I'm going to I've been laughing. I've been letting y'all rock. Hold on. I've been letting y'all rock. I've been letting y'all rock. So, but, but with that said, though, they still gonna hear them stories. They still gonna know them situations. Like, bruh, bruh gonna live a life. You know what I'm saying? He got other brothers. You know what I'm saying? They tell him, oh man, last night when I was with Sally, you know what I'm saying? She she did this. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That highlights the problem. And that goes back to what Dr. Dio said when he said, Hold on. Um, if we're, if, how are we going to teach monogamy? Well, then now you have to move forward. If we're all talking about this and we're all saying, you know, Maybe men shouldn't be so exploring no. explorative when they're young. Then now we gotta raise kids not to be exploring. Let's jargon. Here's my thought. Okay. We've, we've already we've already been raising kids to be <laughs> no, not explorative. Let, right. let, let's jargon. No, because we definitely have we have TV shows like Euphoria. They has this no, 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 on I'm TV. We, <laughs> like, no, no. What I'm saying is we've already been trying to raise. They, they already previous generations were trying to raise kids to be. You know what I'm saying? Like you marry her, blah 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 blah, and we see what we got. We got today. No, there it's are two No, because let, here, let Char go first. Go ahead, Char. Please. So, okay, so I was just having this conversation with some friends, and I think what it comes down to is a lot of a lot of men think that they they have to get married. They think it's what they're supposed to do. So they end up marrying Sheila, whatever her name is. And she was not a freak in the bed. She was not, she don't even do the stuff you want to do in the bed. But instead of having this conversation or picking the one who actually is sexually compatible with him, he ends up marrying her and cheating on her because she never was satisfying him in the first place. So I think that we need to have a conversation of why men are getting married in the first place. When they never went to get married, they just think it's, they were just doing what they were told to do. Because it's a man's financial, I mean, prim- primary core to protect, provide, and profess. Like, men need that in their lives. In some, in some cases, that. for men, they need purpose. And some men, like my grandfather, got married just to just to have a woman next to him for sexual pleasure. Right, but they, but they married. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's just mm-hmm. like he felt like he needed to. He felt like he, he, it was at his age. He felt like he had the financial means to be able to be married. He wanted a family. And he also wanted to have access. He, want, he didn't want to be in the streets. No more. And but those are reasons why men get married. Like, I mean, it's yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're not getting married for the right decisions. Yeah, true. But that's that's the most logical reason. I feel like that's a very logical. It's messed up as it sounds. If you mm-hmm. break it down from a logical standpoint, it slightly makes sense. Everybody don't marry for love. No, oh, yeah. no, yeah, yeah, companionship even. Like sometimes it's just because people are lonely. That that was my dad. That my dad's final marriage yeah, recently. Yeah. He dead ass told this woman that like he he's just marrying for companionship <laughs> and taxes. <laughs> dead ass. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Like, <laughs> Because like her her own personal kink, if we want to add kinks into stuff, is she she's a very wealthy woman. So like she enjoys like paying out money to people. Oh, like that's what she gets off on. Like so oh like I I mean like I'm airing out people's business, but like they I don't they're so fucking goofy. I don't give a shit. I mean, you just like that new TikTok trend, man. They they walling on there, man. Yeah. I, I, I also wanted to go ahead and say too. 
yeah like i i also want to go ahead and say like do, do you guys because i feel this way hey i feel like more people need to explore their sexuality personally Absolutely. is that yes. i think i think Absolutely. dating around should be more acceptable for all parties involved not just men like i think women should date around and explore their own sexuality as well because some women don't even know how to like properly please themselves those mm-hmm. like that sounds fucked up but it's true it's real. okay okay wait wait so Lee, 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 i got a question i got a question for you so what what are we gonna do what are we gonna do about the dudes that don't want their woman to have been around with everybody because that's, 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 that's their personal you. problem. I don't give a fuck about that. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. It's still a mindset too. I'm just saying. Like, I'm not saying yeah. I agree with it, but I'm just saying, like, that's still a mindset. Doctor Dio just he unmuted himself. Doctor Doctor Dio. Doctor Dio. Well, I was the way you was framing it, right? You framed it that she was with everybody, whereas the guy was being curious, but she was with everybody, right? And so. Uh, you know, but young people talk about bodies, right? And, and how many bodies yep. oh, 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 mm-hmm. oh, that she has on her when we don't put that into any kind of context for men. And uh, right, we don't. We are taught that women are to be chased and that they are not sexually aggressive or want sex on their own. And so we go into these relationships like that thinking that women are not sexual beings themselves, but then yes. at the same time, we want mm. them to then figure out all the different ways right. to That's make what I'm me. That's what I'm saying. Right? Like, I and think so, everybody needs to sow their oats and experience like different well, things. No, 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 no. You know? That's not like, Dr. Dio's thing. What, he, right. what he's saying it. Oof. Wait, Go, ahead. Go ahead. So yeah, because it's not about, because if it, it, it has to begin with self, right? Right. Like, you can sleep with a hundred thousand people and never figure out your own sexuality. Uh, within, even within heterosexuality, mm-hmm. you can sleep with a whole bunch of people. Doesn't mean because not, sex is ninety percent mental, ten percent physical. So if the, if the ninety percent is not there, you're not ever gonna make it to orgasm. And that's for both men and women. We for men, we get too often to try to make him coming as an orgasm. That's an ejaculation. If you play with it long enough, goddamn it, it's gonna ejaculate. Has nothing to do with orgasming. Right, right, and so right. If, even for men, it has to be ninety percent um, uh, mental for them to experience orgasm. But we don't. We always talk about the orgasm gap for women, but we don't talk about the orgasm gap for men, and we don't even have the conversation. Uh, to, we don't have the language to talk about the orgasm gap. But anyhow, and so it's not about the number of people, and and but it is about trying to act as if there's going to be a sexual Olympics one day. Right, that there's going to be a sexual Olympics where she's going to get the goddamn gold medal. Training. Right, yeah. right, right. All you got to do is figure out how to do it with me, and that means, as somebody said earlier, communication. You got mm-hmm. to grow the hell up and talk about goddamn sex and what you into. If you exactly. want your goddamn t- fingers, uh, your your toes to be tickled while she play with your goddamn head, and that's the thing that makes you. <laughs> Right? You need to tell it. Right? I ain't gonna figure that out, right? I'm not gonna figure that out. That combination, I ain't never I'm gonna get that figure out. Right? Exactly. Right. To grow the hell up and have the grown up conversation about what you are curious about, what you want to experience, and to continue exactly. to grow as people, 
in your sexuality together, right? And so it goes down to communication and not the number of people. 100%. Because every woman get wet the same goddamn way, right? Every well, woman yeah, that's born a woman. Say. And so you, yeah. it's not about the curiosity thing. So that's what I got to say. No, no, I also feel like, agree with that. Yeah, I also feel like it's important for us because uh, you got some nasty individuals in this chat today. So I just want to say <laughs> that for, for, uh, for, for, um, talk about like, yourself, man. I'm just you know what? You're right, Byron. You're right. I'm a very sexual person. I'm a very sexual person, and all my like everybody who knows me knows that. Like I own that. I don't make it like you know ninety percent of my personality, but at the same time, like I'm very vocal about what I like and what I don't like, regardless of who I'm talking to. Like as long as they're Mm -hmm. pure, they know. So I think it's important for freaks like us to create a uh, safe space for men to explore those kind of things. Like when we do have those conversations, like you were saying, Dr. DL, like being, I think how you phrase and how you word things whenever you even bring the conversation up is so important because I noticed that in my experience, there are a lot of men that are um, hyper-masculine and they get a little bit afraid to do things that might seem a little bit like Mm -hmm. around Peggy. Yeah. You talking about Peggy. <laughs> you mentioned Peggy, goddamn yeah. it. That's what it sound like. Um, I mean, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are we going into that? <laughs> oh, wow. Anything involving a man's ass, they just automatically are just like, I don't know. And like, yeah. And so having that conversation and trying to make it like a safe space where you're not emasculating the man, or, and then it's the same in other, you know, like, I feel like sometimes men just like, as soon as they feel like you're super sexual, they're like, oh, really? So what about a threesome? Like, they immediately throw that out there. That's yeah, that's pretty yeah. I'm like, damn, so I tell you I'm, I'm, I'm sexually open to things yeah, that, a lot I love, of- that I love sex. And your first idea is to throw somebody else into it? Now, for some people, that, that might be amazing. And I didn't say I never did it, but I'm just saying, like, I'm, that's not the first thing I want to, like, you already trying to throw another bitch in? Anyway, so, yeah. I just was like, I think it's important that we treat. Choose your character. Like, right? I was like, that's a minute. And then like a three-player game, four-player game. Like, it's just a lot. Because having a lot of bodies doesn't automatically make you a freak either. That just means you got a lot of bodies. You you could have been, you could sleep with fifty people and be same boring shit with all fifty people. Yeah, it's true. That's true. That's true. true. Vanilla babies. <laughs> it's, just, it's just missionary okay, with fifty different there. people. That's all I call a duty. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So, like, I'm slightly like indifferent with uh, my sexual liberation, and I don't know. Maybe y'all can help me understand it. So, like, right now I'm practicing celibacy. It is not by mm-hmm. choice. I can't um so like the black population in San Antonio is only like what six percent and black men are oh, yeah, day oh. black women yeah and, and, and I, I don't date outside my race so but yeah but it, even then as it, it could be not by choice but I do have options but like I don't want those to be my options because it's like a part of me wants my cheese clap but the other part of me is just like I'm emotionally unavailable right now and it's like in order for me because I have like 
values and shit. I be telling myself, like, you got to love these people. Like, you have to be emotionally invested. However, because I'm emotionally unavailable, if they mess with my emotions, I may commit, like, homicide. And then y'all can have the bill man to jail. So you could be demisexual, though. That That's a thing. Demisexual people who can only orgasm with people they are emotionally invested in. Oh yeah, I have a friend like that's that. Definitely. Yeah. That's 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 a, that's a real thing. That that's a real thing. Not that. I'm definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. have Yeah. Yeah. I be researching all kinds of random shit. Like I'm just. You be dry fishing on the. It's real shit. Yeah, yeah. I can't have one night stands. I don't. I don't do it. Um, it's awkward. I'm like. Why are you on me? <laughs> you're, you're not. You're not. You're not there. You're. You're mentally not there. And like he said earlier, it's at ninety percent mental and ten uh, percent um, physical. physical. Like, right. yeah, yeah. Um, so like for you, you're not there. Yeah, I, I'm definitely with you on that one because I'm the thing where I, I literally like I only could be comfortable and sleep with people that I actually I know and I'm comfortable with too so I I am with yeah. you on on that one so with me like I rather go back and. Go, go to like like the old book or something and be like oh hey because like i'm comfortable with, with this person for it for it to actually mean something too i don't know like, well, i don't do go back me me it's just <laughs> well no I, I i'm not i'm not saying that, that i do I but it's like like I, I i i i'd rather go back than to meet some random person on the freaking street that's what i mean like, yeah, like but I, don't, oh, yeah. But I think some I people misconstrue what a one night stand is like yeah. you could have you could go to a bar and then meet somebody and talk to them for five hours you have to talk the whole night away and then you fuck. Like, yeah, no. now you're only prerequisite for a one night stand is literally y'all don't see each other again after sex. Yeah. That's exactly, it. exactly. It doesn't matter what the circumstance yeah. is, it could be. Yeah, I'm gonna go on the first date and then y'all had sex and then just no, because with me, I'm saying y'all had sex and I was just like, the personality was cool though. No, that's not, that, that's right. what I'm saying. I don't know you well enough to sleep with you, so I'm not comfortable, which means I'm not sleeping with you because it's not, I'm not, yeah, it, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Cool. yeah. No one night stands for Frankie. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. fun, bro. Like, yeah, me. that's why Lee's all dry. I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> that's Wait, that's I awesome. think Dr. D muted his mic a couple of minutes Okay, Dr. So. D, go ahead, bro. Oh no! I was just laughing at what y'all was talking about because like, <laughs> right, he was laughing. Y'all not really had it, like for me to personalize this conversation, so I'm gonna just go. Uh, we we not ready. What what left for you? Know? We 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 are acquaintances. Y'all seem to be friends. Uh, we're, we're not. I'm not sure where I want to be at with this yet. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm emotionally available to be there for the rest. Of I guess. Should we, should we, should we move on to the to the final topic? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a final part of this conversation about the oh, family okay. and all that stuff. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So the the final part gets into like. Okay, um, with with women being more active in the workplace, right, and women being able to take care of themselves more and being more independent and all that, is there a place? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, how is how how is a man supposed to like like with the with the way that we're currently raising men? To, how is he supposed to be fit in with that? You know what I mean? Because the, the traditional role is the man's supposed to take care of you, but if you're taking care of yourself already, 
like he's not taught to be a partner. He's taught to provide. And if you're right. already taking care of yourself, what mm-hmm. is he supposed to do now? Like, where do we get the man from, from provider to being a partner? Or, right. or he can or, still provide. Or do we exactly? Do we, <laughs> he no, but no, like, I, I can quit right now. <laughs> but if you're if you're literally taking care of everything, and he's like, "Oh, can I help you with this? Can I help?" It, it's it can be small. That's not how it that's no. not how it works. So look, look, I might be no. single and I might pay for everything, but that's because I'm single. No. That does not mean that when I meet a man, I don't want him to, to come in and take care of me. Like, no, that, that just means I'm doing what I'm supposed to do as but, a single woman. I gotta pay my I, shit. I gotta take care of myself. Like I what, think like, what he I think what he's saying is um men don't know where they fit in. If you're already exactly. taking care of yourself, how do they mm-hmm. fit into your life if you don't need exactly. anything? For right. Me? So like we well, said I, earlier, men have to have a purpose, they have to feel the purpose of um being a provider for you. But that I, I think I think that's where, support, women, that's where I'll be. But women know how to make you well. Make women you who feel are like their a femininity, they know how to make you feel needed and right. in, in their life. I don't think that has anything to do with money and taking care of bills. I don't. Sometimes, sometimes it does. There's, there's a lot of women who, since they're able to do everything on their own, they don't know how to take a step back to to let someone be in and make a make Absolutely. someone feel needed. Or actually, and are also yeah, met some females Absolutely. like that, so, that are so very head head. That question goes both ways. It goes for men and women. How, how do you go from being independent to being a partner? Right. Yeah. Um, I would like to answer that. Um, actually, so in all of my relationships, I've always been the breadwinner. I've always paid. Like, I pay for the bills. That was me because I was making most of the money. I'm a woman of practicality and not necessarily like I don't, I'm very non traditional in a lot of different ways. Um, but um, the whole I have the man. Hi, Frankie. <laughs> I love you already. Okay. So. <laughs> As far as like, you know, when it comes to like a man providing and all that, like I, like I literally lived not having that. Like I was married and I did not have my man pay for everything. Like I invented that. So I know what that looks like. So when I became single and stuff, my biggest dilemma was letting the man do that. And like, it was very uncomfortable. It was extremely uncomfortable and very hard for me to get used to. And I realized that it was becoming a problem because most black men definitely want to be the provider and like that's kind of their role and then I kept also finding myself in the position like I don't really need you for anything so I don't know why you're talking to me like I can do this I got this and then, and then men are like oh yeah I can give you good day and I'm like there's like 50 people who are offering me that so what makes you different from so I was having an issue no but for real though like I was having an issue because I was like so and then that's what I wanted to say earlier about Mariah saying um, when you mentioned feminine and masculine energy. Um, sorry to come back to that topic, but basically I just learned that I full needed circle. to. Yeah, it is full circle because I was yeah. like, oh, I'm having an issue because I'm a go getter and I'm a bag chaser. Like, that's what I do. Like, I'm a hustler, but I learned that from yes, my father because that's how I was raised. So now I'm like, okay, I'm in a position where I pretty much am the man in the relationship. And well, yeah, like, it doesn't leave room for him. So, <laughs> it doesn't leave room for him. So I just feel like, as far as that's concerned, Byron, I wanted to answer your question. As far as that's concerned, really, it just 
um, me knowing that about myself, I feel like I, I, I don't think it's a conversation starter. It's not something I would say on the first date per se, but I do think that I feel like it's pretty obvious. Like when men talk to me, they're already like, oh. And then when I talk about my goals and things, they're like, okay, yeah, you, you're going to be single for a while or you're, you don't Damn. need the, the purpose awesome. of a man. And which I really did not. And that's probably why like I've been single for a minute because like I still am just kind of like, eh. But it's just having the conversation because where he can be needed, like, I mean, where where he can provide in some kind of way, like you were saying, Shar, like, it doesn't have to be financially because for me, I I know good and damn well, I'm going to be good on that. I don't ever need a man for money at all. So, and I mean, I'm not trying to be hyper independent, but it's just like, I'm always going to have myself in a position where I don't, the man doesn't have to do that if he doesn't want to. Now, if he wants to, then I think it's important when we were talking about, you know, compromise, like letting yeah. that be done. Like, okay, like if a man wants yeah. to do that, let him do that. And then anywhere else he wants to, you know, serve and be, you know, fulfill his role as your partner. I think that's very important, but that's going to be a, something that there's not going to be a one all be all for that. It's going to be a personal uh, decision amongst whoever is dating whoever, because it's their yeah. preference. So listen, I'm tired of taking the trash out. I'm tired of putting the furniture together. I'm tired of pumping my gas. You could, you, I'm 100%. <laughs> I don't want to do that either. I was told, I was told I was too independent. And I was like, Me too. what? So I was very, like, right. I was raised to be self-sufficient. And, 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 and in the military, women, military women, we know how to do shit. Like, we just know how to do shit. But I have learned um, that I do have to find, um, find ease and end to, to helping me. I'll be like, oh, my trash has been taken out. Or yeah. I, I had one point where I faked, I didn't necessarily fake a flat tire, but like my check engine light came on and I knew what was wrong with my car. I knew, yeah. I knew how to I, it. It oh, I knew, but I was like, I was like, let <laughs> me see if he's going to be like, let, let me just see what he's going to do with mm-hmm. it. And oh, I, right. So I called him. I was just like, I was like, um, my check engine lights on. I don't know what's going on. My car. Yeah. I act like a damsel oh, in distress. God. He came running. He, he was so happy. And I was like, right. and like, he was like, mm-hmm. yes. Like in my, I could tell like he, felt like a little kid, like a little boy, like pleasing his mother. I was just like, and this is what really I'm talking about right here. This right here is <laughs> showing them you need them without need money. Wow. Like, right, right. But that's, but that's the provider extreme. part, I'm trying to be like yeah, Lori Harvey. I'm trying to be taken out on dates. I want you to 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 vacation me, okay? Mine and Donnie. <laughs> right. uh, you, yeah. you, you do have to submit, and um, you do have to allow them to provide. Well, yeah. I, I think yeah. it's just, for me, it's a thought, and I maybe, because I know my, my mom, Um, I think, smooth met my mom. My mom's freaking hyper-independent more so than anything. Yeah. Um, um, But and she has her crap together and she makes it like she doesn't need my dad she doesn't need me she doesn't need whatever like that too she is yeah yeah my my mom my, that's my mom but it's also the um it's accepting what my dad does too because my mom's because my mom she's she makes more money she's a breadwinner she does this like that too so she's like i got this on lock and then so now mm. it became a thing where my dad's like all right i'm saving everything else i'm not i'm not spending i'm saving so then once a year or twice a year i'm taking i'm taking you somewhere 
So every I year they that. go out to freaking. See, that's perfect. So so they, they go to Italy. They go freaking. Yeah. They, they were supposed to go to Spain, but the pandemic mm-hmm. happened. They went to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. They go on cruises. They go on. They, they go on everything. So I think it's also yeah. the the intent because I think even if you have someone that's hyper independent, yep. You, you if you're willing to, you'll find a way to make it work to ease in and, and to say, hey, I know you don't need me. I want you. I want you to feel special. And sometimes it's not about the about the financials. It's like it's hey, I'm planning this for you. I'm planning this for you. To, so so I can show yeah. you that you know exactly. I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. I want to be there for for you in a certain way and mm-hmm. let you unwind and be and let someone take care of you for a little bit, even if it's just for you know 23 hours. You know you're your own person for this one mm-hmm. hour. I got you. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I feel like black women have to be hyper independent. Like if you look, if you look at all the demographics, right? Asian, white women, Hispanic women, right? And you think you put black women on the spectrum, like we have had to live without our men. Like this goes back to we're talking about systematically, like you go back to slavery, like our men were being lynched and they were being taken out of the house because of housing and, and all that. So like we had to become independent and and and, and result we had to become hyper independent. But if you look at other the other demographics like white women, white women never had to go without their men. They never had. So they're very submissive. They're there. They are taken care of. Asian women. Asian women are very independent. They I'm not. I'm not trying to be like stereotypical or generalized, but I was watching this video and there was a woman. Mm-hmm. She she has a degree like she was a lawyer, mm-hmm. but she was a stay at home wife. And it was just like in, in the way that she conducted herself, she didn't make herself seem so um, independent, although she had the resource, she had the money, she had the access to to take care of herself. But because mm-hmm. of how she. um um, I don't have the right words. The what I'm I can't even explain what I'm trying to say. No, the way like she presented herself to the guy that she was dating, she made herself seem like like oh yeah, like mm-hmm. you could take care of me. You, she's a stay at home wife, but even though she could take care of herself, like these are just I yes, words out. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. but what I'm no, saying is sense. um. But but black women are the most successful. Like we are the most successful demographic as far as the like education, educated. the most mm-hmm. educated, the most money, and so. And that then just you made say me feel like, so good. right, <laughs> right. Kind of hard, so. But I want to be taken care of. Like I want to be taken care of. But but that but that's the thing where you have to allow someone to take care of you as well too, and you also have to yeah. vocalize it as well too, because because I know yeah. even from dating other people too, when because I said I'm attracted because with me I'm attracted to people who can take care of themselves, because I know because mm-hmm. and I am and maybe that's maybe because because of my mom, maybe it's because my family, maybe it's because of what I've seen. No one's getting yeah. a free ride off of me, and right. that, that's just that's the that's the way it is. And I find yeah. if you're able to have yourself together. To me, that's that's extremely sexy. Yeah, I, right. I I'm gonna jump on that too, yeah, uh, but, Frankie. Yeah, but, but then, like, yeah, but but I, I, that's I, right, Frank. But 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 then it's kind of hard <laughs> when when you're all together like that too, and and kind of like like what Heather said, it's kind of hard for me to get in when you're used to doing X, Y, and Z. Right. And and exactly. then and that's, sometimes it makes her feel uncomfortable. But but that's yeah. where we need to work together and vocalize it. But then I sit down and say, hey. I know you're able to do all this. I know you don't need me. I want to do this because I care about you. We have to have that conversation yeah. to be like, be yeah, a, be, to be what's okay. Yeah. But right. I guess to go back to Smooth's original thing too, like with, you know, in the workplace, women, more pe- women being active in the workplace, it's something that it's, it's been happening for, for a while. And eventually whether they're forced or not, we're gonna have to. Um, we're gonna get used to it. We're gonna get used to it, yeah. and and we're gonna fix mm-hmm. it because 
as more women are, are able to pretty much, you know, take care of themselves and, and or they're able to speak up and have their voice and saying, this is what I need. And they're comfortable with saying, hey, I'm able to do this, but I want to be taken care of in certain ways. It doesn't have to be financially. It doesn't have to be with all, with all the bills, because depending on where you live, live, like what Heather said, sometimes it's impractical to be like, hey, guess what? Because I live in L.A. with my salary right now, oh. and especially if we're in two different households, I cannot freaking pay for myself, my two dogs, everything that I need, <laughs> drive to work. Um, yeah, my dogs are important. So yeah, so a lot of times when we're just getting together, they're more important than you. And then pay for everything for you two at your place as well too, and come up with everything yeah. that that you need. So that's just yeah. not practical. Yeah. But that's the conversation that we have, and maybe that's part of the reason why I'm attracted to people who have their crap together. Go ahead. Very well put, Frank. Very well put. Yeah. Very. Uh, yeah. Very much so. So, so for me, like I, I can also uh, like get behind that. I, I, I do find it, it like a huge, a huge turnoff for me. Like, like going on first dates, dates, and um like getting to know somebody because one of my first questions which I also find like a really good conversation starter is like what are your goals what are you into what are you doing what are, you, what are your hobbies like th those are the kind of questions I want to ask like because like, I feel like I learn a lot from those questions very specifically I mm -hmm. those are my go-to's and I have found along with those questions is that like like I get super unattracted. I turn off whenever I um, hear that they ain't got nothing going on or they don't think of anything at all or they don't have a reply. I like there's no dream job or nothing. And like mm -hmm. there's no ambition there. And yeah. um, I, I can find my, I've honest I've honestly like like ended dates early because of that and like <laughs> like they they because like it it wasn't like it wasn't like I just left but it was just like mentally I had checked out because like I was just like like I enjoy a bit of competition I like cheering you on I like being cheered on myself I like somebody going after something big and bald all the, in handling things like yeah like that's that's what I am like the the last girl I was dating like she wanted to be chief of the air force and that is what drew me to her oh, her and <laughs> like like one like I had already that's started so planning the next date because I wanted to learn so much more about that and how she was going to obtain that and what she was going for me personally I had already told her that I didn't want to continue the military life and she was okay with that which made me even more attracted to her that she was supporting my goals already and she had just met me that and my pursuit of being a pta hey like that that's what i'm here for that's what i want to be able to do i want you to be independent i want you to be handling your shit because i'm handling my shit too i can't be taking care of somebody else all the time i'm I got shit going on like I like yeah. shit just happens but I will be there for you for your goals and when shit hits the fan you know I will drop shit to make sure you're doing okay because everybody has those little pitfalls you know oh sometimes I'm just feeling sad you know I don't know why but I'm just sad I'm I'm, cry I'm crying a little bit I'm, I'm not feeling myself you know 
but like to have a female there to kind of like cheer me up uh you know just kind of like listen to me vent or something that feels good you know i i regularly go to work make shit happen but sometimes i'm just trying to chill and relax and just chat shit yeah what do, what do what do you think smooth like do you think that men hmm. can find a purpose while dating a woman that's independent i am my purpose <laughs> are you, are you cool? I don't need you. <laughs> I don't need you. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We, we're just gonna, we're just gonna switch. Okay, I'm <clears throat> so, <laughs> so I think men can find. Oh, sorry. wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm be putting my smooth voice. <laughs> right. So, uh, no. So, I think yes, they can. We, we can find a place to exist because we're we're talking like in this space, like. Like, our mindsets are kind of the norm, in a way. Like, the way we've had this conversation, we've, we've talked about it kind of like we're the norm, what we're not. Like, people are really out there, like, struggling with this. Like, there's no there's no point of entry for some, – some men are so stonewalled, there's no point of entry for the woman to come in. And there's, 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 a, there's, there's, men, there's men that are trying to enter a woman's life and there's no point of entry for them because she's so independent. And it's about finding that balance for people to actually meet up and start the car. Like I was using the example before. Because <laughs> they're, they're meeting up and they're standing outside the car, but they're not going anywhere because once once they get, they're fighting over the driver's seat, honestly. Like today's society, the majority of people are in Nobody yeah. wants to be driven anywhere anymore. Oh. I don't you think know, we're the norm. I just think that we're just willing to communicate, which is what, what we hit on. Right. I no, mean, but I, I agree. So, I so, agree. No, but, yeah, what, so. but what I'm saying is that I, I, um, I'm, I'm trying to like steer this back towards society. Like, what can we do for them? We seem to be able to communicate. We they seem need to be communicate. able to, like, okay. Well, tell them okay, like, comment, and subscribe. Start. That's a start. Listen that's a start. Yeah. That's a, right. <laughs> I'm screaming. Right, right. That's a that's a start for them, but at the same time, huh? I don't know how to answer the question for society as a whole. Can you hear me? I'm I'm not asking. I'm not asking you to come up with a solution for society as a whole. I'm just saying, like, to to. I was just saying, like, I'm not saying we got to do it now. We've already had the conversation. But what I'm saying is, like, steering steering the conversation towards the norm. What the normalcy, like what the bell curve that that in the middle that is the bell curve, like those that 50 percent of people that are struggling out there. What can we do for them? You know what I'm saying? Because how, okay. how, do, we make, how do we make them intermingle? Because it, it's not going to work through monogamy. You know what I'm saying? And it's not going to work through the traditional roles that have been set up. You know what I'm saying? They got they, we have to find a way to bring the women back from a little closer back from independency, but yet have the men be accepting enough to let the woman be independent enough to do her own thing as well. Like bringing them back together is the solution, but how to move each party closer without breaking the mold, you know what I'm saying? Without breaking them is something that I'm constantly thinking about. And that's why I had this additional question because- Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. 
Yes, Dr. L. Dr. L. So Larry, Larry, and then Dr. D. L. Okay. Oh, my bad. My 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 thing is lagging. Sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 Larry, you good? You good? You good? I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything to say. Okay. Um, I think the way these roles can work or has worked because my wife is very independent too, and she told me straight up, told me straight up a long time ago, I was acting up, I was a little bit too masculine. She told me straight up, like, hey, yo, look here. You may be in the military. You may be yeah. for all these things. But, uh, I will walk away from you. I will do my own thing. And I've been entertaining my entire life. Chill out. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I understand that. So it definitely falls down to um, independence is really a thing, too. But I think it really falls down to, I think everybody's hitting on the same key piece. Maybe it's just me, but I definitely find that communication is one of the main major keys I've definitely seen that this type of thing in society can work. If you talk about like, yeah. hey, what works for me, what works for you, uh, the woman may be the the, the main thing, great, makes it, but uh, but the man can definitely say like, oh, whoever is like the submissive or just the other piece of the partnership is like, hey, I can take care of all the bills, but you just make sure like, hey, if something's broken, make sure you call the repairman, or hey, my car has a flat tire, something like that, can you please make sure like, hey, can you find somebody to yeah. you can do it, do it, because the things that I know I can't have access to, I know that he or she can do it too, you know, and, and that's why I definitely see that communicate falls. And I love the analogy that you use about like nobody wants to get into the job, nobody wants to be driven because it's like no one wants to give up their position of like I want to feel like their level or their plateau. Like, mm-hmm. no, I did this all on my own. Nobody should be so taking these reins from me. But I'm like sometimes you kind of need, you kind of gotta like do that in order for a relationship to function because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. When it comes to terms of love and just being in a relationship, you definitely got to have that give and take because I know that there's just some things that I don't have the strength to or the power to or I just absolutely cannot do it that mm-hmm. my partner can. And vice versa, I know there's some things that she can't do that I can do. Not to say that you can't do a period, but it's just like, okay, it might be more convenient or it might be more beneficial if you can do it. That can't help. But the only, but the only way it can help is if you communicate that or you express that for sure. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. It might not be everybody's, but I definitely feel like it can work. But it's just like my biggest problem, or a lot of people's problems, is just opening your mouth and say, hey, can you help me with this? And I struggle with that sometimes. And I know I'm not the only one. That's what it says. Yeah, definitely struggle with that too. I got superwoman syndrome. Yeah. Pretty bad, and so now I'm like, okay, like if I know I can use some help in certain areas, and yeah, and it helps. Like people, it's a natural human desire. And sorry, Dr. Diaz, swear I'm gonna let you speak next. But um, yeah, like people, it's a natural human desire to want to be needed. Like people like that. People want that. You know, to feel like they're, you know, like doing something that nobody else can do for you. And I think that's really important that's a, an important piece of a relationship to have, you know, like, but you can't know what that is or what that looks like if you don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. D.L., go ahead, my man. Uh, so you Bye. all have said a couple of things, um, and language is really important to me, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it means to be independent, and I surely don't know what it means to be hyper-independent, right? Because... Mm. Of all the things, when I hear independent, I think of adulting. 
right? As an adult, here come the things that you have to be doing because you're a goddamn adult and period, right? And so when, when we throw these adulting into relationships, then we, and especially when we get into these ideas of gender and all this other kind of stuff that the thing that I want to stop doing adulting are the things that I can't stand as the adult, right? I don't, so like, so, so and this might be the reason why I'm single, right? And so, uh, so when, when a woman says, I want you to take out the trash, well, I don't want to be your goddamn trash man, right? Pay somebody for that, right? I, that's, that, I, I, that ain't what, like whoever put the last piece of trash in, goddamn it, take it out because we both got hands. Got them take it out. Practicality, right? Yeah. Right. And so, uh, but this is the reason why I'm single, right? And so, I, so I don't want, like, I don't do yard work. Period. That's not my thing, right? And so, you want the yard to be edged and all this other kind of stuff? I got asthma. I ain't even gonna do it. I'm gonna pay somebody to do it. <laughs> well, I'm gonna leave it at both. And it can be right. good. <laughs> right, I, like I'm not gonna call up a storm to prove to you that I can cut some goddamn grass. No, uh, somebody that like doing it, let's go ahead and hire somebody to do it. Right? You, you I can't be like some sixteen-year-old down the street. He needs twenty dollars. He can handle it. Right. Well, you know, um, you know, I guess if you're a homeowner, you won't want somebody that's a little bit more. Um, oh, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah I, I only learned about that kind of stuff recently. I forget. Uh, but but my point is like this idea of adulting, especially when we apply it to women, right? How often do we hear a man saying, I'm independent? Right. Yeah, that's, right. that's fair. That's my that's point. Fair. That's my point. Yeah, that's they didn't have to say that. Right, right. Because it's expected. It's expected. Right. Well, I think it's expected of all goddamn adults, right? And so to get back yeah, to the question. You would be surprised. Right. <laughs> Some people are entitled. <laughs> yeah. No, I know well, guys well, who aren't independent at all. And that's yeah. where, you know, society goes in because then all of a sudden the idea that certain adulting events like cooking, uh, doing mm -hmm. laundry, doing mm -hmm. dishes, doing basic yeah. goddamn things. Right. <laughs> I right? like doing dishes. <laughs> Well, that's why they invented dishwashers, right? And so, but if that, that's I don't even the, use it. <laughs> so, so, um, so when we apply this to, you know, specifically to women, and then saying being the adult that you should be mm -hmm. is seen as a negative and a reason for me not to goddamn date you because you are a fucking adult, right? And you're acting as if you're an adult. And so, yeah. Uh, so we can have full conversations about roles that we want to be fulfilled in the house uh, and how we can partner in this household. But the idea that she has to be less than for me mm -hmm. to be something is highly problematic. Mm -hmm. Very. Like right? you said yeah, earlier, like gender roles, we, 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 we tag these titles on things that are unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I, earlier when I said that, when I said I was like, why why is me paying all my bills looked at negatively? Like, why is that a big deal that did, I'm an independent yeah. actor okay, yeah. pays, her rent, pays her Like, well, I don't understand that. That that I what he's saying right now. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No. no yeah, I, I, I didn't I catch it earlier, but you you were absolutely right. You did say that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, and then when we look at financially, right? I'm a professor. I, I, work at, I work at a state institution. I, I can barely take care of my goddamn self. So I clearly am not going to bring in enough money to take care of a whole nother grown human being that brought her own goddamn bills. 
Right. I was saying earlier, I don't want to have to take care of another person. You've grown. Right. And so this, you know, this ideal of what all of that is, and Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, in the history of humans, marrying for love historically is a new concept. And that's the reason why it's fouling Mm. up so goddamn much. Historically, it's not, right? Like, you know, uh, and we don't really want to get into pedophilia and all that other kind of stuff, especially when you go back into the Bible and all that. But let's let's actually deal with this process, because uh, uh, when does a girl become a woman when she get a menstrual cycle? And and so when you find out that when she becomes a woman, she then is being basically sold off historically to some mm-hmm. adult man who can take care of her. We've then passed on this idea that that is the role. But if we gave up our 13-year-old daughter to a 30-year-old man, what would we call that at this point? Pedophilia. Right? And so when you look at the marriage process, even to this day, the man, the father, is supposed to give her to the husband. Mm -hmm. This goes back to when people were nomadic and they wanted their little girl to be taken care of because when we were... Uh, nomadic and farming and all this other kind of stuff, we we thought, because of sexism, we thought women weren't able to take care of themselves and that they need to be taken care of. And I can't, and then as a father, I don't want to take care of them for the rest of their lives. And then we're going to teach the boys how to go out and be independent. And in this aspect, is still within our society. And then we throw in this concept of love on top of that, where because when we, when we historically, for, for thousands of years, the father made the goddamn decision and gave away the daughter to somebody. And that's across all types of cultures. That's African culture, that's European cultures, and that's indigenous cultures in the Americas and uh, in Asia, right? Where where mm-hmm. you have this patriarchy that went, the oldest, oldest ism is sexism, right? And so yeah. we've taken yeah. that in that that idea into the 21st century without thought. And we've, we've accepted it as the norm on that a woman must be taken care of by some man and this and, it, and that being taken care of comes in um economic spaces it comes in especially physical spaces uh of uh like you know yard work mechanics trash fighting or uh protection and all this and so um so anyhow so that's what was on my mind because I, when we talk about independence it goes to me as a story. It makes me think about the past and how we get to that idea and how that how that idea has evolved without changing once it's right. introduced to these new ideas. Right. 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 And, and mm-hmm. then um, just just to kind of just to to wrap. And then we we didn't even we didn't even really get into because um, yeah I'm, I'm I don't I don't know but I'm just gonna assume. Everyone here is heterosexual, obviously. We didn't even get into the the homosexual side of the conversation that how their relationships yeah. would even work because yeah. we we don't have, we're not experts on that. We're not practicing that. Right. Anybody here. Um, just for the record. So um everybody, um, this has been a great episode. I appreciate having all of you guys on here. So we're gonna go round robin the same way we introduce ourselves, and you can give people your socials what you're doing, you know what I'm oh, saying, you your business or your, or your whatever podcast or YouTube, whatever you got going on, like you can plug yourself, you know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, so Lee, go ahead, man. Uh, I, hello, 
Namesley. Um, I just work out a lot. If you follow me on Instagram, that's all you're going to see is a bunch of those videos. Uh, <laughs> for those who do follow me, I've gotten messages in the past. Why do you do all this shit? Because I fucking feel like it. That's why. But yeah, follow, follow me at Instagram. I'd love to see it. And always talk to me. Anybody. I don't care. All right. And you can find him at why me, why underscore me underscore damn underscore it. All right. Yes. <laughs> why me? I'm crying. Accuracy. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, hey, it's Char here. My social media handle is free spirited Char. I am a very independent woman. So I just registered my own social media agency. Bloop on that. Uh, <laughs> that's the way my mother raised me to be an independent woman um, I always wanted Amen. to be a business owner so yeah so I went ahead and did that awesome. so that's that's what's up with me um, just waiting Amen. to get that paperwork back from the state um, that's a newest development you can follow me on Facebook hey. Congrats. That's all right cool. Mariah um, uh, well my Instagram is lve2 underscore um, not doing much. So I just want to say thank you for inviting me. This was extremely fun. And I am so grateful to have been able to meet you all and be able to just be on this platform and sharing information and knowledge and speaking. It was nice. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank Frankie, you. what's good? All right, guys. This is Frankie. Um, you can find me mm-hmm. here on the Home of the, well, the Home with Smooth podcast. And also, um, he just actually put out a new network. It's called um, The Academy. So go. I'm um, gonna have a plethora of different, um, different content over there. So you can catch me on there. I specialize in detention. So I just when I see something wrong and I just want to talk about it. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and, and at and on Twitter at um at Type X Rose because um in my free time I take a lot of photos. And if you want photos that aren't related to roller coasters, it's a at Type X Media <laughs> Type dot X dot Media, and that's where I take more of my other uh, portrait landscape photos and everything. Awesome. Larry, what's good? Hey, hey, hey. I really appreciate being on here. I, I really, really did. I, I always wanted to be on here for the fact that I'm finally on the episode. So the two people that you're going to see sometimes, if I can't make it to another one, it's going to be her or my daughter. So just be wary. Uh, my social basically is just all find me uh you can on my website is www.dlphd.com you can also find me at dl underscore phd under twitter and instagram although i don't do a lot of social media right um i got a master's in journalism and maybe not like uh social media uh, but uh, i do a podcast called mama lesson number one 
Uh, my mom uh, passed away in October and we was going to write a book uh, together called Mama Lesson Number One. Uh, and so I decided to turn it into a podcast before I do it as my memoir. Uh, and so uh, that's my podcast, Mama Lesson Number One. And you can find me at DL underscore PhD, although you won't be able to see anything anytime soon, but I'm going to get better at social media. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Uh, sorry about your um, your mom. Sorry. I, yeah. Thank yeah, you. I Thank was gonna you. say I I lost. Not to caveat that with this, but um, I lost my dad like three weeks ago, so I'm just like, oh, oh, wow. I definitely feel you. Yeah, yeah, very rough. Like the pain, indescribable. But it's okay. It's people like y'all that keep me going, so I appreciate y'all. Anyway, let me put in my little plugs, you know. Okay, <laughs> where do I even start? <clears throat> so again, my name is Heather. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Heather underscore Levita. That's L-E-V-I-T-A. Um, you can follow me at the same handle on Twitter. Actually, I think it's just Heather Levita. Yeah, it's just Heather. No underscore on that one. Um, you can follow me on Snap um, at hdoms48. I know, weird. And then I do have a YouTube. It's also called Heather Levita. It's in the works. I don't normally advertise it because it's just like not where I want it to be right now. But I think put out content. I just followed it right now. <laughs> and I'm gonna be annoying it. the whole time. Yeah, Byron is like my biggest like. He always pushes me to put out more content, and Lay does too. So thanks, y'all. But yeah, I'm working on that. It's just been so. I have so many like plans to like hit the road hard and like continue to be consistent in January. But my dad literally passed away on the fourth and oh, it just yeah. threw me off on everything. So it's coming. Y'all see some stuff. I'm trying to like work out a schedule that's going to work for me, but um, know that there will be a video this weekend on uh, five books that I'm reading um, to start off the year correctly. So yeah. Um, yeah. So that'll be coming up. Um, I also am planning on, um starting a travel blog um like an actual blog you know that you actually type you know um and then having some joint youtube videos with that and then hopefully i don't know i was thinking about doing a business too but i don't know yet we'll see i'm trying not to like burn myself out so but yeah follow me uh, i'll follow you back don't worry all right all right all right so look this has been episode 100 of the homeroom with smooth podcast Yay! you can find the homeroom with smooth podcast on homeroom with smooth on youtube or you can find it on homeroom with smooth on twitch you can we also have a facebook page we got a uh we got a tiktok we got a twitter like we're we're literally everywhere and then also as frankie so eloquently put it we also have the academy and the podcast is going up there as well um, I'm playing catch up, so just bear with me. I gotta upload here and there, so just let let me let me figure out my process because I can't use my computer when I'm uploading, and that makes me sad. Um, so um, yeah, because yeah, it, it takes it takes a lot. Like once I get to uploading, it just takes everything. But anyway, get a better computer. You know, for, I I need to get another computer. That's what I need to do so I can have yeah, one for time. creating content and one for uploading. So anyway. Mm -hmm. Thank y'all for watching. Thank y'all for being a part of this. Thank y'all, this amazing panel for staying up with me. It's like what we're almost at two hours. Thank oh, y'all. Yeah. Thank you for I listening to because we're on iTunes. Thank you. Oh yeah, thank y'all for listening. We're on we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. That's a big deal. I love that. All streaming platforms. Yeah. I'm All so glad <laughs> All right. Good job. We'll catch y'all later. Uh, we out.
as soon as I find that. <laughs>